0: Come all you young fellows that follow the sea To me weigh, Hey, blow the man down Put a vent on your ears and listen to me
1: Hello everybody and welcome to the Spore the Warning podcast This is review number 602 with a review of Blow the Man Down I'm Christopher Schnasey And I'm Stephen Miller And if you're joining us for the first time, the Spoiler Warning Podcast is a weekly film review program. Each week, we're going to dive in, debate, discuss, and argue over the latest films coming to a streaming platform near you. This week, we are talking about a film that is available to everybody on Amazon Prime Video. Um, I assume you can rent it there, too, if you're not a Prime customer or a patron or whatever. I think so. But uh, yeah, so we watch this on Amazon Prime. Um, so this is a story about some people that, uh, live in a little fishing town. And, uh, my question for you, Steven, which is sort of a weird statement, which I'm asking for your input on is while watching this, like, so the weird thing is I have grown up most of my entire life, like a mile, a tiny bit more away from the beach. So True. technically all of my hometowns at all times, including now, are technically, like, Oceanside... I, I literally grew up in Oceanside, but are, are Oceanside towns.
0: Living in Oceanside, you've probably murdered someone also, so I feel like this movie <laughs> must have just registered on so many levels.
1: No, but, like, but seriously, though, like, I, I, I've always lived in seaside town towns, basically, like, my whole life. Um, there was a small period of time where I moved inland a little bit. For the most time, I've been in sea, seaside towns. But watching this film... I, there was multiple times where I thought to myself, "Huh, that'd be kind of cool to live in a seaside town and just have like fresh fish all the time."
0: <laughs> oh, hundred
1: percent. Why have I not always had fresh fish?
0: <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I keep telling you, you gotta freshen up your fish collection. Like, you just let it sit and sit and sit, and I, I don't know why you're never gonna you're never gonna like throw good parties that way. But no, I did. I, I didn't know you were going to go the fish angle. I thought you were just going to go the tranquility and how nice it would be to live in like a little fishing town by the ocean. Because I definitely felt that watching this movie. And yeah, I think yeah. with Manchester by the Sea, we also both kind of noted that, that it would be a, a very
1: nice... Yeah. yeah, I mean, like we... um Back when we, when we went to Tribeca... um that was the weekend it was one of your anniversaries was the end of the weekend after the film festival mm-hmm. so you and i had split up for those last few days of the trip and i seriously thought about just hopping on a train and driving a few hours <laughs> and going to like the area that that film takes place just because right. the idea of it sounded really cool yeah i did not do that but <laughs> but yeah I, I think that there's something um I, I romanticized maybe isn't the proper word but I, there's something about these like east coast high up uh not high up elevation wise but like high up in the united states like east right. coast f- coastal cities that feel so much different than the coastal cities that we have grown up in here um that like feels very cool and it feels like a place that i i would want to and live simply like right once i retire or something like that
0: I, I think part of it for me has to do with temperature and weather like it because it is up north in the east coast they get snow right yeah. and everything seems very chilly in the morning and there's something i get very nostalgic about when i imagine that like waking up and needing to light a fire to stay warm or yeah. going for a walk and you're kind of shivering and then throw a fish on you know the pan and make yourself a meal (laughs) i i I was very drawn to that as well Uh, and the fish looked delicious in this movie it kind of yeah it reminded me that like food is one of those things that no matter how wealthy or not wealthy you are it is kind of a great equalizer because eating like a whole fish just fresh sliced and pan fried in sf you're talking about that's like a 35 five dollar meal right like yeah that, that is a thing and yet this movie involves characters who are ostensibly poor. They have, like, no money, but they have all the fish they could ever want. Yeah, yeah. And, and I was just thinking, you are eating, like, kings right now.
1: Yeah, yeah. And that's the funny thing, too, is, like, that there is a, a dinner scene that takes place in the center of this film. Um, and uh, I won't talk about what's happening in that scene. But their meal is literally fish fillets, I guess, um, um, and, like, green beans... And carrots or something like that like it's a very very simple simple meal but it's still just watching them set that on the little like cast iron griddle thing i was just like man how great would that be to just like yeah. come home at night unwrap some fish throw it on the griddle and just kind of ha- like sit with that ocean air coming in and hitting you and then just uh it was awesome
0: so good all i wanted is some haddock is that <laughs> is that haddock i smell <laughs>
1: All right, well, Stephen. <laughs> now that we're done talking about coasts that we don't live on and lives that we don't live, um, what right. do you say we get into this review? Let's do it. Uh, we're going to take a listen to the trailer for Blow the Man Down, and then come back and give you all a review.
0: On a New England Isle in a good seaport town, come to away, to
1: me blow the, the man, man down. Can you start over? I'm confused. It was confusing. But you had to do it right. Oh no. I lost control. (laughs) With a brick. You said it was a harpoon.
0: So what are we gonna do now? (laughs) I
1: should have just called the police. Hello? Priscilla Conley? You have a small skiff, right? Could get a little grody. A body wash up on the rocks. Enid's business is bringing shame to the town. I try to protect these girls, but I can't do everything. What did she mean by that? It used to be real bad around here. Get away from me! If it's not Enid's girls, then it's our own daughters. We wanted something better for you. By starting up. Go on, drink up. Drink up.
0: A lot of people underestimate women. That's why they can get away with a lot.
1: Now, what do you know about the Connolly sisters?
0: Real nice girls.
1: Sure about them? <laughs> All right, so that was the trailer for Blow the Man Down. Um, this story follows a couple of sisters whose mother has just passed away recently. And uh, after a night, um, some, you know, crazy incident happens, and they find themselves trying to cover up something that happened. And as they go about their days trying to worry about whether or not they could get caught for what happened, um, they start to sort of key into the other strange happenings around their small fishing village. Um, Stephen Miller, what did you think of Blow the Man Down?
0: Um, I loved this movie. I thought it was great. It, it was very cohen in its execution. Uh, it was kind of like many coen brothers movies smashed together actually by my my feeling of it where it has you have the out of control crime with characters that are kind of bumbling they don't really know how to hide it things going off the rails you have the the mystique of the the small town with the distinct accent and the mostly friendly people who are hiding a secret under the hood um just stylistically, I really enjoyed this film. Just from the opening, I, I think the trailer does a good job of showing you how. It opens with music, but I I, I don't want to say the movie is musical. It's more that it it flows to a rhythm that feels very assured. Like it feels like it knows exactly what it wants to do, and it doesn't have very much fat on it at all. And yeah, it it's funny because. Th- we are reviewing another movie that was directed by Corey Finley, but this is the one that reminds me of Thoroughbreds much more of, of the movies that we are talking about this uh, this evening, yeah. depending on how many we can get through before the 17% beer kicks in. <laughs> <laughs> well, I,
1: you're giving it away, Steve. I just really loved...
0: I loved the, the locale. I, I was going to bring it up, if you didn't, in our opening banter. I just wanted to live in this world, or at least I wanted to bed and breakfast in this world for a few days
1: i think wait steven the cast of bed and breakfasting in this world has a specific connotation within the context of this film i told you what i wanted (laughs) (laughs) all right i just just wanted to put that out there
0: (laughs) but i just love it it has such a unique cast of characters i love the accents in this movie my favorite line in this whole movie goes like this I dropped my fork. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's just a someone's dad just says he dropped his fork when all the women are chit-chatting together. I, I just, it, it reminds, it has that same joy of Fargo, of just everyone getting really into this very specific accent. And yeah, I just, I, I thought it was a great twisty mystery. It reveals its hand slowly, but in a pleasant way has a good build-up. I think it has a little bit of that Guy Ritchie, things are going crazy, and multiple multiple characters are going to converge and then diverge. And I, I just liked the way that dramatically played out. I thought that was good. And yeah, a lot of newcomers here. Uh, I thought both female leads did a great job. I don't think I've seen them in anything before, as far as I can tell. Sophie Lowe and Morgan Saylor. Um, Margot Martindale as Enid is just so deliciously just like a perfect character actor a big Kathy Bates energy I feel and <laughs> yeah it was just it, it was great it was quick it was fun it was entertaining it was stylish I loved the musical interludes I love the use of audio in this movie the strings that you hear in the trailer had this very off-putting
1: style I I, I was really into this movie Yes. Yeah, so b- before I get into my piece, we, I, you you sort of hinted that we're trying to review three things this weekend. Um, what what where in the sequence of films did this film place for you? I watched
0: these in the same order I proposed that we record them. So I watched this one. So this is where I'll get in the personal side. I watched this in Saturday morning when I was about to propose to my girlfriend and I needed to kill time in the morning. She wasn't awake yet and I didn't know what to do with my (laughs) nerves. So I will admit I may have been biased in my viewing of this movie, but I watched this alone at like six in the morning on Saturday.
1: Right before like the biggest moment or second. Technically, it'll be the second biggest moment in your life because actually...
0: Yeah, birth was pretty big.
1: (laughs) But I mean, like the proposal should be second to the actual ceremony of when you get married right. but yeah, yeah um so i watched this film third in in my lineup um did you is this the only film you watched this day i assume on this day this yes. is the only thing that oh, you watched. oh well got
0: i to. also watched the sound of music but we don't need to talk about that <laughs>
1: Um, I mean we could just review this out of music um, okay yeah so I, so I watched this film third um, directly following having watched uh extraction which we will have a review <laughs> of third um, <laughs> so caveats to everything that's about to come out of my mouth <laughs> um I think that I I definitely like this film less than you did um, mm. I it it's to me, it kind of came off as somebody trying to emulate a Coen Brothers film, because it has all the, the pieces and the sort of uh, making of a Coen Brothers scenario, but I never felt the the cohesiveness between the separate groups of individuals that are all vying for their their dominance within the overall story arc, right? Um as you watch this film, you slowly learn up you, you slowly learn about sort of the past history of the town and what cliques there are and what may or may not have happened in the past and stuff like that. And I, I think that in the end those those different groups they don't feel like they ever find out about the other groups. It just feels like the story is really, really complicated for the viewer but not for the people participating in it, right? Like nobody really knows the truth about the other people who are participating in the story. It's just three separate stories kind of happening all at the same time. And we, the viewers, get to see into how they overlap, even though the characters never really overlap. I mean, right. two of the three kind of overlap a little bit, but they have no context for how the overlap is happening. Um, they just, like two of the groups know about a bag of money, and besides that, have no context for any other connection between anything else in the story. And I kind of felt that it was it was kind of fun to play with each of these characters. Like, I like the performances, and I like the, the, the level of intrigue between each of the characters. But whenever somebody took some action to gain sort of dominance in their own personal arc, I never really, really cared. And whenever the sisters who kind of are the catalyst for the story taking off are in a sa- situation that is technically kind of scary for them. I never fully grasped what the people making it scary could actually know, given their lack of knowledge of, of the overall arc. Um, and I, and I kind of just felt like, I see you're trying to create a world with a bunch of things that are intertwined, but I never felt the strings went further than Oh, and here's the part where this character will say something that the other story arc knows about, and it'll make you think. Like I, I felt, I just felt let down a little bit in general. I, I, I like the performances from people, as I said, and I and I kind of like the individual little arcs, but I kind of don't know. I mean, maybe because I never lived in a town this small, and I don't have that sort of like what does it feel like to grow up in a place where like every single citizen in this town knows your mom and has a history with her and then now you are trying to to make your way in this town and also somehow try to afford to live in the house that she didn't really leave to you but left to you the debt. Like it seems like there's so many little mini stories happening and they don't all work together and I kind of, I kind of was waiting for things to kind of Cohere, and I never felt that it did.
0: Mm. I, I had a feeling you might feel this way because I do think this movie is almost entirely location and style. I don't think this movie is plotted in such a way that there's going to be a major payoff of the way the threads weave together. It is more providing color, right? It, you're, you're supposed to enjoy the world that is being given to you this very specific small town with the desert and the ocean view brothel and the the ladies who brunch together and the outcast woman and the the good daughters who are trying their hardest but might have a secret that they're hiding i think it yeah it is more about enjoying all that texture than it is trying to tie it into a narratively satisfying conclusion because I don't think it really has that. I think it's really about um, letting all these threads collide and just hinting at where they will go and then ending the movie, right? This is not really building up to a major payoff. But I I liked that, especially if at a... This movie was, what, like 85, 90 minutes? It was a very short movie. And I feel like it really... It was just kind of a good stamp that these directors made of this is our vision this is our aesthetic it is Cohen-Y, but i i do think it adds something that the cohen brothers don't have I, I think it is definitely coming from a more female perspective that might seem obvious but it has some outrage <laughs> and the kind of story that it's trying to tell felt uniquely different to me the way yeah. it fixates on these characters than the cohen brothers would where i feel like the cohen brothers would be mocking all of their characters a little bit. And this movie seems to be sympathizing, at least with the primary ones, quite well. And yeah. that that made it different for me, where the secondary cast are all these larger-than-life figures that live in this mystical small town where they have all these quirks and secrets that they're hiding. But the main characters are just trying to survive the shit. And I thought that <clears throat> that combination really worked for me. I liked a lot of the... I'll say tertiary characters, the people who just barely show up to, um, like Officer Justin. Like the older women. What was that? Oh, the old woman, especially. Yeah, yeah. But, but the officer trying to do the right thing, trying to be charming, also operating in this small town. I liked him a lot. I like Gail Rankin as Alexis. She is one of the workers at the Ocean View, who is one of those threads that you mentioned at the end, revolving things that they know. Um, yeah I just thought that this movie had a lot of fun stylistic flourishes, and it it really kept my attention well and Those music interludes. I might just be a sucker for this oh,
1: I, I I think that the the acapella uh, fisherman singing these songs is fucking amazing like i i couldn 't yeah. help but think as I watched this film like there is something about like hardened working man acapella voice that has like a it, it's something about the tenor and the the cadence of singing those songs that I think just it it creates a mood and sells you on this like feeling that I I don't even know how to explain it, but it just it was it, fucking it also awesome.
0: it made me realize it made me realize how much overlap there is between the sea shanty and the irish jig oh yeah there's a lot of combined (laughs) like folk heart in that like that description you just made of the you know the the working man in a tenor singing i to me that was exactly what it conjured too and it really just gave me shivers
1: i i I I tease (laughs) i tease my girlfriend all the time because she is irish and i tease her that like our modern conception of what pirates are are really just irish folk So, so I always tease her that like, I'm like, hey, they're playing Irish music, but it's really just like a pirate movie or something like that. Irish. Yeah. (laughs) And I know she's probably listening to this episode, so this will be fun. (laughs)
0: yeah I, lo- I loved i love the music in this movie, and I think the the times they choose to cut back to those singers I know you could compare it to oh brother where art there right I understand there are a million Cohen brothers comparisons you could make if you wanted to where
1: art thou <laughs> what i say <laughs> oh brother where art there
0: I think I said thou i think it was a glitch <laughs> hang outside <had> a glitch
1: <laughs> this is the part where being the person who edits the episode is an amazing power that i have
0: <laughs> i know you could compare it to oh brother where are there right you're right you can just pull the word there from any other part of this episode and shove it in in that statement but yeah i loved it this was a uh, it was a tribeca 2019 film so we missed it by a year but i it feels like the kind of movie that i would stumble into in a festival like that and feel like i have found something special and hidden that deserves to be seen and it's nice to see that this particular movie is getting elevated and given to a wider audience by virtue of coronavirus and everyone watching whatever streaming that week yeah (laughs) so i think that, that that is cool because i think these filmmakers can definitely do a lot with with the talent that they put on screen
1: so so let me ask you a question do you think that this film was trying beat to beat to be funny at all or do you think it was trying to be serious um and i I ask that specifically because maybe potentially part of the reason this film didn't connect to me is there's lots of lines of dialogue that feel like they're supposed to be jokes but like they're not quite nailing the dead like for instance in the trailer audio which people may have listen to if they didn't skip chapters when i was playing um there's a part where they're like i i i I hit him with a brick and then she's like i thought you said it was a harpoon and it like there there is there are there are lines that are delivered in a way where i wonder if they're supposed to be funny or if they're supposed to be fully serious
0: i think it is luxuriating in some middle ground between serious and funny where everything is extreme and the town that they live in the charm and quirk of that town is supposed to come through and the ridiculousness of their situation kind of juxtaposing the the smallness of the town and of the aims of the people with the evil mastermind style that is forced upon them by their situation yeah i think there is humor there i was not like laughing out loud during this movie but i also was not feeling deadly serious i was feeling tickled by this yeah. movie no, that, that was kind of my takeaway
1: i i definitely felt that had i grown up i mean like your family's from the east coast i don't know how close to this sort of area they they are you're, you're you're doing we're a half Not very. Hedged. Okay. I, so
0: um, like, I mean, my, my family's from Jersey, so they, they are from what I consider to be a small town, but I think that it's just me viewing the town through nostalgia goggles. I yeah, would, yeah. It probably is nowhere near as small as the town that we're watching in this movie.
1: Yeah, I, I, I kind of got the impression. It would be like if I watched a film that took place in Oceanside, California and was set in the 90s, I would probably like it like one to one and a half points higher than I would normally just through the authenticity of knowing that feeling of growing up there and like knowing what it was like to be there in that town as I was like turning into a person who would, you know, Go to high school and whatever, right? right? Um, directed by Jonah Hill, preferably. Yeah, yeah d- directed by Jonah Hill. <laughs> um, that film did. I mean, that that was set in L.A., but it felt authentic as fuck it for. Felt oceanside. Very
0: oceanside. It was yeah, so yeah. close to it, the oceanside skater aesthetic. It, I think
1: even like even those shots of the main street, they were hanging out. I was like, that's fucking Coast Highway. That's like, <laughs> like that, this feels like Oceanside, even though it's L.A. Um, anyways, <laughs> I I feel like this film might have connected with me more. If maybe like it, it feels it feels personal in a way like it, it's written from a standpoint of somebody who really, really knows this experience of living in this small town on the East Coast. And I think that maybe maybe watching this film, I felt left out of what it was doing. And I was just trying to vibe on like, are you trying to be funny? Are you trying to be super intricate in your connections? Like it, to me, it didn't have like the 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 humor an absurdity of a coen brothers film and it didn't have the interconnectedness of a guy Ritchie film but i felt it trying to go there in different places and i think maybe given i just had just finished watching like an hour and a half of thor shooting the shit out of a bunch of people <laughs> trying to save the life of a little kid um i wasn't ready to ingest this film for what it was and i sort of like I, there was something keeping me from fully connecting with it
0: You're like, one guy died. Big deal. Why are we talking about this? (laughs) Like, I just watched 500 people get killed. (laughs) People have sharp objects shoved through their face all the time. (laughs) I do think also the the fishing town aesthetic made it feel more like a classical mystery or horror drama, like Hitchcockian almost, because Hitchcock had a bunch of movies up in northern california some like very close to us like the birds and they kind of have that similar setting where everything is uh overcast and you can hear the water and you can almost like smell the salt but then evil is brewing right something bad is happening yeah and i don't know for me this just conjured a bunch of different i know i'm just listing things that is similar to <laughs> which is not a good way to say <laughs> that i think it was original but i do think the way it blended all those different things felt original in 2020 it felt yeah. like a A unique way of mixing all those components.
1: Cool. Uh, Well, are there any last thoughts you have about this film? Who in this film do
0: you think played a young Meadow Soprano in multiple episodes of The Sopranos?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Who did it?
0: It was Morgan Saylor who played Marybeth, the main daughter, at the heart of this whole twisty,
1: twisted mystery. Okay. That explains why I thought... I recognized her, but I couldn't place her in anything. Mm. Nope, never mind.
0: Yeah, I would be surprised because she played young Meadow. Like she's only in a few episodes, I think.
1: Yeah, but remember, I binged this in like a weekend because mm. you said it was <laughs> the greatest television show ever. Yep. <laughs> um, but now that I've visited her IMDb page, I am now recognizing her as the daughter from the show Homeland, which is where mm. I'm definitely remembering her from.
0: There you go. Crestify y'all like way overdue for a makeover. <laughs> <laughs> That's just another line I jotted down. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right, well, shall we, Steven Miller, get to our reviews for blow the man down? Yes, we shall. <laughs> Uh, I, I was about to try to go into the accent for you as i asked you whether you were going to do this they must see recommend the caveat wait for rental pass the caveat or must avoid but i was like i'm not going to be able to do that i don't know how to say the
0: word must in maine <laughs> uh, i must see I, I think this is a must see movie I, I agree it is not perfect my letterbox rating was four stars not five stars but i do think it is very enjoyable And a great little indie film that packs a wallop into a small time. I think the location is great. I want to live in it. The editing and the musical choices are brilliant. I think the cast is just like pitch perfect for what they want to do. And yeah, I had a great time with this.
1: So my question for you, Stephen, is a wait for rental basically a Corona watch?
0: (laughs) Hmm, good question. Good Cause, question.
1: Because I would rate this at Wait for Rental. Um, it didn't quite hit me the way I would hope it was. I did have fun watching the trailer. Um, and I think the film lacks a little bit of the sort of punch-up that the trailer had. The, the trailer is very stylized. Um, mm-hmm. And not to say that I watched this film with an expectation of it being stylized, but I just mean that like there's a there's an energy to the trailer, and the film feels much more subdu- subdued um, than the trailer does. Um, also, I'm a sucker for in-film uh, syncopated actions that match the beat mm-hmm. of the audio in the trailer. Like, there's mm-hmm. a part in this trailer where Margot Martindale uh, bangs on a door in perfect cue with, like, a beat in the music. And I'm just like, ah, oh, damn. Yeah, that is the thoroughbreds in this movie, yeah, doing yeah. that trailer. Um, And I, I think that this film is a much more uh simplified version. It's not like a style... This film doesn't feel stylistic. This film feels not quite naturalistic, but like absurdist naturalist, <laughs> if, that, hmm. if that sort of makes sense. Man, I
0: got so much style out of this movie. I really? Think
1: maybe I didn't watch the
0: trailer. I wonder if that helped me.
1: Maybe. I mean, I... I, I m- To be fair, my comparing it to the trailer is me watching the trailer as we're recording the audio for this podcast. So okay. it's it's not specifically... I think I I watched two seconds of the trailer and then sent it to my girlfriend. And was like, "Hey, I have to. I'm reviewing this this weekend. Do you want to watch it?" <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so I think I tried to stay mostly away with it, away from it. I just had to watch the first, you know, quarter of the trailer to um, make sure my joke about what the trailer was based on the <laughs> the thumbnail image and the title <laughs> was inaccurate. Um, and I'll keep that comment for myself. <laughs> Yeah. um but yeah so i'm gonna give it away for rental all that being said so that is going to bring us to the end of our review of blow the man down Stephen miller where can people find you throughout the week if they want to do so
0: uh if people want to do so they can find me at twitter.com Miller or sdavidmiller.com
1: People can find me at Christopher Real Life.com or Twitter.com slash ChristopherIRL. You can find the podcast over at com, where you can get a bunch of the back episodes of the show. If you want to subscribe to the show, you can do so in Overcast, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or ever podcasts are found. If you want to know when the episodes go live, you can follow us at twitter.com slash spoil the warning, Facebook.com slash warning, or Instagram.com slash the spoiler warning. If you want to get a hold of us directly, you can send an email to fans at thesport the warning.com or you can use the contact form on our site. Music for this episode will come from the soundtrack to blow the man down. So hopefully you are enjoying that semen, seaman, <laughs> <laughs> acapella. <laughs> acapella music. Um, but yeah, as we mentioned in this episode, that was review one of three. Um, we'll see how far we get. Um, but, we're gonna uh, make it. we're trying to have a, this review of blow the man down a review of bad education and also a review of extraction Um, So stay tuned, and we will see you in a bit. Bye. Bye.